Hello, uh, I'm Chris Creason, and welcome to the fourth in our series of podcasts on cybersecurity and insider threat. During this series, we're discussing why cybercrime, ransomware, and insider threat pose possibly the biggest existential threat to businesses of this century. Why either unwittingly or sometimes deliberately, your staff are contributing to your company's downfall and what you can do about it. Last week, we discussed identity and access management processes and controls. And this week, we're going to expand on that and talk about some real-world examples featuring the work we have done using analytic tools to reduce risk and costs with clients at the Impact Team and IDAX. We are hosting a webinar with a deeper dive into the IDAX platform Details of how to register can be found in the description of this podcast on whichever platform you use to access audio content. But first, let's remind ourselves why this is one of the most critical areas in addressing insider threat. In the last four years, it is estimated that the number of ransomware attacks increased by a factor of 10. At the same time, more than half, 53% from this particular survey of companies, admitted that staff routinely had access to sensitive files that they shouldn't have access to. Controlling staff access to data is still one of the easiest ways to reduce your insider threat. I'm here with Mark Rothwell-Brooks, CEO of the Impact Team, and with Mark Rodbert, CEO of IDAX Software, to talk about some real-world implementations of the IDAX platform, how the regular entitlement review has been made more effective, and how analytics has helped with client role-based access control programs. Firstly, turning to you, Mark Rodbert, uh, can you tell me what exactly it is that the IDAX platform does? Thanks, Chris. Uh, Yes, so we founded IDAX about five years ago um, with the objective of changing the way that enterprises manage access risk and how they deal with the challenge of outlier and insider threat. We really wanted to create a product that made managing insider threat simple and intelligible for both technical and non-technical managers, uh, and thereby embedding good security behaviour across the organisation. We do this by making sure that the right people have the right uh, access within your organization. And the way we do this is by using artificial intelligence aligned with um, the latest in kind of presentational tools to bring that to bear within the organization. At a very uh, basic level, every time you remove somebody's access, you reduce the risk to the organization by a little bit. And if you do that every day, every week, for a month, for a year, you'll find that your uh, risk posed by ransomware and insider threat uh, decreases significantly. Now, there, there are two fundamental areas in which you can, you can bring this to bear in the organization. Uh, the first is proactively, and, and by that we mean using um, uh, analytics and IDAX to uh, examine your environment and work out where the high-risk items are. Um, And we can do that in something called an IDAX risk discovery session, normally takes a couple of days, um, and that will set a benchmark for your organization. 
uh, we have clients who who use IDACs within the regular entitlement reviews in order to uh, inform uh, line manager decisions. And, and then uh, for audit and control perspectives, then tracking remediation. Those functions fall under the the heading of doing things proactively. But there's also the um, uh, set of events that are triggered um, by an event in the organization. And by that, we mean things like somebody joins the organization, somebody moves within the company, or somebody requests some new access. And that's another opportunity for the organization to um, analyze uh, what somebody has access to and make good decisions about giving people access, taking access away from them. Thanks, Mark. That's that's really useful and gives us a, a clear overview, I think, of the high-level capabilities that the, the product brings. Uh, Mark Rothwell-Brooks, can you explain some of the issues with annual entitlement re- reviews in particular and, and how you've used IDAX to address those? Yeah, sure, Chris. Um, as, as Mark said, um, and as we've, we've mentioned previously on, on other episodes, the principal issue that I've got with the annual entitlement review process is exactly that. It's annually. Uh, which is not really fit for purpose. And we, we, we've talked in the past about the fact that it's done once a year or once a quarter. Um, it's not done with any context of an understanding from a line manager's perspective, any analytics about the entitlements of the people that he's allegedly supposed to be reauthorizing or not. And what we've, what we've found having done benchmarks with, that, with some of our clients is that because of that, what typically happens um, is that line managers would remove, and we've got some uh, analysis on this, uh, around about 16% of those entitlements are removed by following a process which is either quarterly or annually and doesn't have any context. And, and, and that's because, I think, as I said before, they, they find it of little value. And 16% seems to be the number which they think, okay, well, I've done my job. I've removed 16% of those entitlements and you know that's probably okay again the key thing here is there's no context and no analytics presented to the person who's doing it at that time and what we found interestingly is that although 16% were systemically removed 20% of those so one fifth were reinstated within 6 weeks so they got it wrong one in five um and we further been able to establish that there's a cost associated with that of around about $18 per transaction. So this is not just a risk thing. Um, Mark quite eloquently said that if you do it daily and weekly and monthly and quarterly and yearly and every entitlement that you remove, you reduce your risk posture a little bit. But you know, you've also got a cost associated with that as well. The alternative position to that is, is let's not do it more yearly or, or quarterly let's let's not do it with no context let's provide some context and that's exactly what we use the idax tool to do and what we are able to provide the line manager when using the tool is you can then use what's what idax calls a risk score to make informed decisions as to whether or not you are going to investigate this set of people as opposed to that set of people, which is something that hitherto you'd not been able to do. Your annual review assumes typically that 100% of your people have to go through a process. And because you've got no analytics, you do it badly. 
you remove 16%, you reinstate one-fifth, and you go again. If you had a risk score associated with your people, you could make the decision, if you so wanted, as per your you know, risk appetite. I'm only going to review people over a risk score of, you know, pick a number, seven. Ones uh, below that, I'm not going to review on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. I'll still review them, but I don't necessarily need to do that um, all of the time. Um, and and that great that 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 radically improves your operational risk position, and it provides contextual information that supports the manager in that decision making um, as to whether or not we should investigate this person who's a who's an eight versus these sets of people which are a four, and that's that that's really powerful. Thanks, Mark. That was most insightful, uh, Mark Robert. How how does this process work similarly for you know, joiners, movers, leavers, requests for new access? How does that work? Well, so in, in the same way that when you're calculating the IDAS risk score, you calculate a statistical model that is an expectation of what somebody in a particular department or in a particular role has um, access to. So that's what we call the template. It's the set of access rights that we expect an individual with those attributes to have. Now, clearly, when they um, move within the organisation, some of those attributes change. I, I change from Department A to Department B, and that means that my uh, what I expect to have access to changes as I move. Now, all of this is, is calculated in a fraction of a second on the fly, so the advantage of that is as we're moving somebody uh, from Department A to B, IDAX can tell you, Ah, yes, you need to remove access to to these things and and grant access to to these things. So, for example, somebody moves from a finance function to a sales function, IDAX can say, well, he should relinquish all the access he has to finance uh, functions and take on access to sales functions. Now, now clearly, he he may also have access to um, email and uh, the corporate directory, and IDAX would know that those are things that shouldn't be removed. So, that, so it's about making that mover process um, more efficient. Um, in the in the same way, when you're a new joiner. Um, you say we've got a joiner in this department with this job title, and we can um, make an estimation of what somebody should have access to um, during those events. And effectively, you're doing an entitlement review every time one of those events happen. And of course, what you're also doing is you're getting away from uh, the the old idea of I'm just going to uh, replicate or, or or clone the access rights that somebody sitting in the next desk has, which, by the way, not only makes um, makes the risk management happy, but also keeps your auditors happy because there's nothing the auditors hate more than than seeing access rights being cloned. Yes, I can imagine. Mark Rothwell Brooks, this sounds like something that the impact team is very familiar with in principle, which is process improvement. But it feels like process improvement is something which is not often considered in the context of controls and risks. Can you give an example of of how this works? Sure. What Mark has said is correct. And we talked previously about moving the process 
closer to the control or the control closer to the process. And as I've, as I've said before, you know, the, the status quo is you have a process such as a mover, you have a control, which is the annual review, and, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of time in between those two things. What we are talking about here is almost having the control as part glued onto the end of the process. And, and that is something that, you know, you've then got that control mechanism at the material time. So you don't, you, you effectively remove the opportunity of having an expansive amount of time available with people entitled to things which they don't need to do their job and all the risks that's associated with that. So what this enables us to do is to move an organization from a process change perspective from a place where you've got a, a disconnect between the process and the control time frame and aligning those things together at the material time. So you're bringing the controls close to the process. You're better aligning the process. And that's exactly what we get involved in with our clients, having um, surfaced the analytics uh, that the software would bring to that line manager. And we're actually planning to demonstrate what this experience would be for the line manager in doing exactly that at our, at our webinar. You mentioned that earlier on. Thanks, Mark. Mark Robert, I understand that you've also used IDAX to define and maintain roles and policies as part of clients' role-based access control program. Uh, how can DAM Analytics support what seems like, to me, a highly manual process? Well, I, th I think that in the past... Um, this has been viewed as both a manual process and a very expensive one. Um, if you if you retain a firm of expensive uh, management consultants to help define your roles, but but the thing is is that analytics is extremely good at looking at large amounts of data and finding patterns, and that's what we're doing here. We're looking at your existing set of entitlements who's got access to what and we're finding patterns in there the fact is is that there are patterns that align very well with roles within your organization they just aren't visible and and you need some analytics in order to make those roles visible and that's why we call it mining rather than role definition um because what we're doing is we're finding we're finding things that already exist in your organization and ways in which you can make that more more efficient clearly this is a very visual part of the system um so looking forward to demoing that later in the month but at a high level what we do is we take existing people and we group them together in groups of people who have similar access um, and that's an analytic technique called clustering. So uh, we end up with clusters of users which have similar access, although not identical. Uh, re remember that the IDAX risk score supports the idea that people can be slightly different, um, and particularly in areas that, that are less important. So it groups those, those uh, individuals together according to what they have access. Um, and it then says, now if we wanted to define that as a role, within the organization, what would we give those people access to? So it's a two-stage process, putting people into the right groups and then working out what they should have access to. The best thing about this, apart from the fact that a, a typical RBAC implementation, we can cut that down from about six months to about four weeks. That's uh, 
but based on on um, existing clients. Uh, but the other advantage is um, you you stop having those very um, almost religious debates about you know what is the right number of roles within the organisation. Should we have uh, five roles maximum across twenty thousand people, or do we need one role per person? Um, and and I've seen both views expressed, and and the answer is uh, uh, neither is right. You need to let your data talk to you, uh, without wishing to be too too kind of flowery about it. Um, the answer is already there. Understood. One other point to pick up on that Mark Rothwell Brooks is mentioning, and Mark Rodbert, maybe you can help me on this a little bit as well, just to help my my understanding. Uh, Mark was talking about continuous reviews um, for entitlement. How is that different to the red, regular model of? of how people have historically undertaken entitlement review? Well, typically people have, have had either an annual or a, or a quarterly or twice, twice a year model of doing entitlement reviews. And there's a number of issues with that. The first is that uh, it's all a bit of a rush. You've, you know, you've got your week at the end of end of March where you have to do all your entitlement reviews for your whole team all in one go uh, because it's year end and the auditors are breathing down your neck. Um, and, and that's true across many organisations we've talked to. Um, that has a very negative impact on the quality of the review being done. So that's the first problem. The second problem is if I do my entitlement reviews once a year, um, that's great. So I get my estate, assuming I can get my estate sorted out in that period. But the question is, what, what then do we do for the rest of the year? And that is something that, that um, auditors um, and control and risk people have been asking for, for, for years now. Um, what about things that get allocated uh, uh, incorrectly, um, you know, mid-year? Potentially, you could have 11 months of of bad access. And, and there are a number of organizations in addition to ourselves talking about continuous reviews. Uh, we worked with PwC uh, recently on a paper that they produced talking about uh, moving to more frequent and continuous reviews and the advantages of that. But I think the idea is that you review somebody, but then you monitor changes uh, and you monitor how that expires over time. So you say that my review is good for three months, so it, that it, it'll decay for that individual item. But then if that person moves, then, um, then you do an, almost an entire review as you're moving people. So instead of um, having the workload all in one point, you're effectively having um, the same amount of work, but it's split and it's driven by a risk view of the world rather than a process view of the world. And it happens when it needs to happen, not when the organization can spare a half an hour at the end of a Friday to do it. And it delivers better outcomes, doesn't it? Let's be, let's be frank, which is really what we're after. Hundred percent. I mean, it could hardly deliver worse outcomes, but but yes. And I think you've said uh, before, Mark. Um, if you wanted to think of a process that was completely broken, you'd come up with the current process that we're grappling with. So we're, we're looking for better outcomes, and and this is um, a, a very good way in which better outcomes can be delivered. Very good. Uh, Mark Rothwell Brooks, Mark Robert, thank you both for your time today. Um, for those of you listening, um, just a, a reminder that again that we are. Uh, 
presenting a webinar which will offer a deeper dive into the capabilities of the IDAX platform and the improved outcomes that our clients have seen uh, from the implementation of it and through the process improvement that can be delivered from an operational perspective uh, through the uh, IDAX and Impact Team Alliance partnership. Uh, if you'd like to register for that, the information is available in the uh, detail of the podcast that you've just downloaded.